Hey guys, welcome back to the Canine Performance Podcast, where it is our mission to help you live the best possible life with your dog. Guaranteed, I'm your host, Natalie. Um, and today's episode is going to be on e-callers and about Hawaii's recent bill that they tried to push through, which was going to ban e-callers. Actually, it wasn't just e-callers. There was a lot of different stuff in the bill, but this is the part that really got people riled up, um, very heated, very passionate about it. So to kick us off, I actually have the bill pulled up in front of me, and I kind of want to go through it and discuss some of the different things that were included in this bill besides just e-callers, because while that was the main focus and the thing, like I said, that got us all really riled up and passionate, um, all the rest of the items that were included in, in this bill is also very concerning. So without further ado, I'm going to have a very brief overview over bill number 677. So this bill was originally created with the main goal and purpose um, of having dogs not being tethered for more than 24 hours. So it says in this bill, tethering or chaining refers to the practice of keeping a dog continually tied to a stationary object. A tether, chain, or other similar restraint significantly restricts the dog's movement and can become tangled or hooked um, on the dog's shelter structure or other objects, thus restricting dog's movement and further causing industry in injury. So 100%, that is something that I can get behind. I do think that as responsible pet owners, dog owners, we do need to ensure that dogs are not left outside in the environment for more than 24 hours in a way that they can become entangled, can harm themselves. They also need adequate food, shelter, water. They do need to be checked on. Um, I grew up with outside dogs. Those are the types of dogs that I had growing up. However, we did do our due diligence as pet owners to ensure that they were 100% adequately taken care of. Um, all throughout the day, we were going out and we were checking on Buddy. So that's the first part of the bill where they talked about tethering um, and how they do not want dogs to be tethered in specific ways. Uh, the next part is the part that got all of us super riled up, which is going to be about electric shock dog collars. Um, and it specifically says this legislature further finds that electric shock dog collars deliver an aversive stimulus to dogs, have a negative impact on dog welfare, and are banned in Austria, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Norway, Slovenia, Scotland, Sweden, Wales, and some parts of Australia. The purpose of this act is to improve the health, safety, and welfare of dogs and protect the public as well. So it further goes into some other different things about it, um, but that's essentially what it says in there. So it also says um, about crating or kenneling dogs, um, and I will go ahead and try and find that in this bill really fast. Um so confines or causes to be confined in a kennel or cage, any pet animal in a cruel or inhumane manner. 
Um, what is really difficult about this bill is that it was fairly vague and left up to a lot of interpretation. Um, you know, some people may come to me and say, oh, Natalie, you have nothing to worry about. You do not work with shock collars. You do not um, kennel or cage dogs in inhumane ways, all these different things. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I don't. I think that I'm a terrific pet owner. I think that I'm a very responsible dog trainer of other people's dogs while they're in my care. However, if it's left up to interpretation of some individuals, um, especially the types of people that are trying to push this agenda through um, government channels, is that kenneling can be seen as inhumane or cruel. Um, While I use stim collars or stimulation collars, similar to that of a TENS unit, uh, people would see that as a shock collar. And so this is why it's important to have very specific vernacular used when having these sorts of bills. So at the very end, um, it says, uh, prohibits the sale, distribution, or use of electric shock dog collars. And so right there at the very end, it's saying that you're not allowed to have them for sale, distribute them, or use them in any way, shape, or form. So this is something that is impactful in a lot of different ways. And I would like to discuss some of these different things. So why is this potentially harmful? Well, a lot of these different things have a ripple effect. They have a ripple effect in a multitude of ways. The first one being that Hawaii, while it seems removed and distant from us, um, they're not that far away. They are still a part of the United States of America. And when one of the states starts moving towards a specific sort of rules and guidelines and banning of specific sort of things, it gives permission and it opens a gateway to other states where people can start to use what has happened in one part of the United States to push their agenda. And so maybe while this may happen in Hawaii, the next time it could happen here in New York, in California, in Texas, in North Carolina, wherever it may be, those are going to be the next ripples that we're going to be seeing. The next thing is that it doesn't just stop at these different things. There's a lot of different training tools that people have misinformation on. They have a very poor view of them for a lot of different reasons. Um, And so things like prong collars, um, harnesses, leashes, crates, anything that you want to use when it comes to training your dog that someone perceives as negative, that is one of the ripple effects that we are going to see from bills such as this that is trying to get pushed through in Hawaii. Um, And I'm not sure how many of you are aware of this that are going to be listening to this podcast episode, but that is PETA's main goal and objective is actually to not have pets anymore. They find that cruel and inhumane and they do not want people to own pets. Getting rid of the tools that we use in order to live harmoniously with the dogs and other animals that we have in our lives is an easy and also the first step that organizations such as PETA are going to be taking to remove dogs from our lives. Um, And the really 
sad and disappointing part about all of this is that they are very well organized um, and they have a lot of funding. They have um, very good strategy when it comes to marketing. Um, They have large budgets for these things. And so those types of organizations are organized in that sense and they can pull in other people from the quote unquote camps, if you want to call it that, of the force-free, pure positive, uh, Lima, whatever it is that you want to define yourself, a community, and they can easily rally the support of banning these types of tools. And those types of individuals, I'm not saying all of them, but I would say the majority of them would gladly get behind that movement and not realize that their participation in getting rid of these tools is also pushing forward the agenda of getting rid of dogs as pets in general. So these are the types of ripple effects that I am talking about. The next thing is the government getting involved in the regulation of our dog ownership. Our dogs are our property. It is our responsibility to care for them in the best ways that we know how. And having our government start to regulate how we can care for our pets and for our animals, I do believe starts to cause some difficulties within our lives. I think that it makes things tremendously more difficult Um, to receive the proper help that you need in the best ways possible. I was speaking to someone on Instagram and where they live, um, they have to get the approval of a veterinarian um, to be able to use an e-collar. And if you are unaware of this, typically you are going to go to a veterinarian if your cat breaks his leg, if your bunny is feeling sick and throwing up, if your hamster is having some sort of problem. Veterinarians are not behaviorist. They are also not nutritionist. They are there for the physical health and well-being of your dog. If your dog has pink eye and ear infection, whatever it may be. So when it comes to behavior, saying that you need a veterinarian to sign off on something like that is almost like me going to my optometrist and saying, hey, I have a really bad toothache. What can you do about this? So this is where the government does not have enough education, information, and knowledge on dog behavior and how individuals such as myself and other trainers who are superior, more experienced than I am, that they have the knowledge and the information and education. So that's where we're starting to get rules set in place from individuals that have zero knowledge on the topic at hand. The last thing that I'm going to say of why this is potentially harmful, e-collars, have been life-saving, life-changing tools for dogs everywhere. Not just for dogs, but also the humans that own them. Reactive dogs, aggressive dogs, fearful dogs, energetic dogs, whatever type of dog that you have, so many dogs, hundreds, thousands, I don't even know how many have benefited from the use of e-collars. The humans that own them have been able to live harmonious lives, been able to enjoy the companionship of their dog because of these tools that we have. 
Um, so for the health and for the safety of dogs, these tools are huge components of that. Not just for the dogs, but also for humans as well. When you start taking away some of these tools, dogs that are service dogs to humans that can alert for a multitude of different things. Um, when you start taking away those tools for us to be able to communicate with them and to train them, now you are starting to put human lives at risk. Human lives that depend um, on those dogs and their alerts and what they can do for humans, men and women overseas that rely on these dogs that are highly trained in combat and war areas, you are taking away something that can protect us as humans, that can help us physically and mentally and emotionally. So the health, safety, and well-being of dogs and humans together are very highly impacted when you start taking away some of these different tools that we can use in our training. So sometimes what this kind of comes down to is the government trying to take the easy way out? The natural solution that I come to, that other trainers come to, that pet owners that have experience with e-collars or even haven't even had the experience with e-collars yet, but want the opportunity and the choice to be able to do so, the obvious answer with all of this is education and information. That is the brass tacks, the bottom line, the period at the end of the sentence. It comes down to education and information on the topic and knowledge of e-collars, the different types of e-collars that you can get, how to condition, how to use it, all of the different nuances that come with using a very advanced training tool. Just banning them altogether is, in my opinion, the easy way out. So... To wrap this up, I would like to end this with what are some of the solutions moving forward? Um, I brought up a very huge problem. And so I think it's only fair to kind of say, okay, what is the solution? And I kind of already hinted at that, that I do believe that the solution is going to be education and information on these different types of tools, why they are important and the correct usage of them. For me, Personally, this has been something that I have taken into deep thought and consideration, um, how realistic it would be, how um, this could be accomplished. So here's what I'll leave you with. And I am hoping that um, it can inspire and motivate other dog trainers, dog owners, dog enthusiasts, whatever it may be, to start to band together. The one thing that I see so much in the dog training world, especially on dog training Instagram, is the hostility, the great divide that we have against one another, not just the quote-unquote balanced training community against the quote-unquote pure positive force-free community, but even within each other, we are constantly at each other's throats. We have zero support. It's one man against another man. It's just a free-for-all. No one is safe. We need to come together and realize that our petty squabbles are dividing us even 
further. And if we cannot find common ground, if we cannot support one another, if we cannot do that in ways that spread information, awareness, and education on something that you think another trainer is doing incorrectly or wrong and can be harmful in the tools that they are using, then we are never going to be able to keep the tools that we have. So the first step is going to be coming together as a dog training community. All of us are in the dog training community because of one sole underlying purpose, and that is for the training and well-being of our dogs. All of us are in this because of one thing. We love dogs. We want to help dogs. We want to help the humans that own them. So we need to come together. Besides that, there needs to be a universal and singular way of training with e-collars that all trainers can get behind. It may be different than what you're doing. It may be similar to what you're doing. Maybe you disagree with it to some extent, but there is enough that you can get behind it. We need to come up with a universal education and informational system that we can include in these products that are given to consumers. When you buy a prong collar, when you buy an e-collar, there's not inf- there's not enough information on how to properly use them. And this is where so many of the problems are resulting from is that people are desperately trying to find ways to train their dogs so that way they do not have to resort to rehoming them, leaving them loose somewhere and just abandoning them. Without these tools, more harmful measures could be taken against dogs and owners are using these tools without proper information because it's not included when these tools are shipped to consumers. So being able to take the information and knowledge from some of the best trainers around the world, trainers from all different areas of the industry, from service training, protection, sport, pet training, whatever it may be, taking all of that knowledge and information, finding the baseline, what is the common ground that all of these trainers have in common, putting all of that education and information together, and then gaining the support and approval from trainers around the nation, around the world, and being able to agree, hey, this is it. This is something that I can get behind. This is the way that I believe that this collar should be used. Sure, I can use it another way, but Susan, Bob, Darren, who is buying these collars, if they were to follow these steps, I could get behind that. I do think that this is a safe way to use this collar, to condition it, and then to use it further. So that would be my solution. Band together, find information, knowledge, and education from some of the top training individuals in the world, find the common knowledge that everyone possesses, solidify that into content of written audio, visual, and include that with the colors when they are purchased, be able to have additional resources available to them, um, have a list of trainers, whatever it may be that they can look up online that are near them, and then educate legislature on these different tools. So 
to wrap it up here, um, I hope I gave you a little bit of insight into some of the implications that these types of bills, if they are passed through, even if they are not successfully passed through, the ripple effect that this does have on all of us as pet owners, dog trainers, dog lovers, whatever it may be. Um, I hope that I have given you a little bit of thought. So um, I hope that this was educational for you. Um, Hopefully moving forward, better things will come from the balanced training community as we band together. But that's all that I have for today's podcast episode, a little bit more of a heavier one. Hopefully we'll come back in the next episode with a lighter one, but that's all that I got for you. Um, you can find us on Instagram. It is canine, C-A-N-I-N-E underscore performance. You can also find us on Facebook under the same name on YouTube. You can search Natalie Dobkins or canine performance. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. We'll see you later.